This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town, the most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division Two, Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Ruthie and Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stepper Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 175 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. On Saturday, it was the coronation of King Charles III, and today, within the Commonwealth of Kirklees, it was the coronation of two kings, Warnock and Jepson, who rode into Huddersfield just before Valentine's Day. And whilst it took a month to get going, there was no stopping Neil the Warrior once he's rounded his troops and attacked the bottom end of the championship. Since the return of a previous monarch, David Wagner, Huddersfield Town have amassed 21 points in the last 10 games to leave us in 18th in the table, nine points above the relegation zone. At one point at halftime against Norwich, we were eight points adrift, bottom of the league. All hail the Kings. And here to extol the qualities of the 74-year-old puppet master, we have the Duke of Hazard, Mr. Richard Kosmala, the man who puts a sparkle in Meghan Markle. It's our own Prince Harry, Dan Pozzaporit. And when you need a guard, you look towards the goalkeepers, and we've plucked out one of the best. It's Phil Senior. Are we okay, guys? Evening. Evening, Matthew. Right. Fantastic. So this episode, as always, is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Um, Use our code of AHTTC10 for 10% off all your online orders at www.magicrock.com. Uh, and also uh, at Magic Rock, we might do a live show at the end of this month, maybe a, a season-ending party if there is any demand. So if you fancy that, let us know. Otherwise, probably won't bother. But yeah, so if you, if you, yeah, so if you guys fancy a bit of a knees up, a staying up party, and I'm sure we can accommodate that with uh, Mr. Chicken and Mr. Tricken. 
So, guys, Huddersfield Town 2, ready nil. So how nice was it just to put your feet up, have the old Kevin Nagel glass of wine, just toast the atmosphere as it's going on and actually not be terrified of what's going on on the pitch. It, it, for me, it was uh, it was quite nice. It was It was like a bit like um, almost like a pre-season friendly in some respects at some points, wasn't it? But it was just nice just not to be shitting yourself, wasn't it, for 90 minutes for once? Yeah, it was a little bit strange. We're not really accustomed to that town, are we? I think I saw an article last week that said out of the last 14 seasons, I think it was, we've um, either been involved in promotion or relegation, got, you know, a fight going into it last five games or so of a season. So we're not, you know, we're no stranger to a tense match. So yeah, it was quite nice to just be able to go and, and kind of just watch and, and show that appreciation uh, to Warnock, Jepson and, and the players. Um, I must admit, I want. I like something to be in a game, you know, I like a little bit of niggle somewhere along the line. But, you know, given the season that we've had, uh, I think we're bitten your hand off to be able to go into it ready and we, we know on it and just to be able to go down and uh, just watch without any kind of trepidation or fear, really. Um, I thought first half were a bit of a non-event, really. You know, not really happened either way, did it? Uh, second half, obviously, we, we kind of raised it a little bit. And uh, once we once we got the first goal, that was, it was game over, really, wasn't it? And you, you could tell that even after that goal, the, the atmosphere picked up and it just kind of turned into a bit of a celebration, really, which were which were really nice. Lovely goal as well, wasn't it, uh, Phil? Josh Caroma, he's, uh, he's been an absolute fire, hasn't he, in the last month or two? Um it was a, it was the closing down on the goalkeeper, wasn't it? That really caused the um, the error within Reading's back, you know, back line, and then it's worked its way to Josh Caroma. And as soon as he opens his body and his foot opens up from that position, you know where it's heading. It's bottom corner every time. I don't think I've seen. Is I suppose there's shades of Carl and Grant when Carl and Grant used to do that all the time. But it's it's just nice, isn't it? To after a season of watching his toil up front and look like never scoring in a month of Sundays for someone to just look like they're going to smack the ball in the bottom corner when it comes to them like that. It's funny because at the start of the season when 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 he made a few appearances etc and last year it was it was kind of signposts that that it was doing that and, and it was it was almost like he was trying to trying to force it too much um, and, and trying too hard it didn't really come off for him and and since uh, Warnock's come in and he's been a little bit of a different player and and that's his trademark that's how he likes to to finish he, he likes to open his body up he likes to whip the ball in fast stick and it's really funny you said that because I turned out my little lad and I said like that's that that is his trademark. And as a keeper, if you do your research, you know he's going to do it. Um, but if you execute it well and you do it quickly, it's really hard to stop. And, and he's full of confidence in it. It's, like I say, it's a great finish and two great finishes, really, to be fair. And, and a nice way to finish the season. Because there were quite a few young lads have had time on the pitch this year, haven't they? Diara started against the end. And he's starting to look quite strong, isn't he, on the ball? There's a couple of nice little flashes from him. Um, the young lads have, you know, had a lot of minutes, Rodoni, Headley, etc. They're all going to be much better for this next season, aren't they? Oh, definitely under working under Neil Warnock. I think it's a bit of a misconception that, obviously, these old videos from back in the day, the 90s and stuff, it's like, we were discussing it in the pub after this, like, as well. I think the trouble is the national media loves to play on these old videos, but you can't do that in 2023, kind of go in there. You know, this is a squad who've been wounded two managers before Warnock. So, you ain't going to come in there and just, like, lambast people and stuff and... You know, the media are obsessed, aren't they? We're kind of going on about those old videos. So I, I think he deserves so much more credit than, uh, than he's kind of been given, really, and, and that as well. And, yeah, it's not exactly free-flowing football, but, you know, he's improved players as well. And the, the really interesting thing with the young players, Matt, is take, for example, Joseph Ungbo, Nick, you're running order here, but he came in that Birmingham game and scored, and I thought, here we go. This is a guy who, uh, 
you know, he's going to play a lot. And he never did. He, he's used the young ones. He's just been perfect how he's used them, Matt. He's brought Ungbo back in later on, made a massive difference in the last month as well. You've got a lot of players who he's kind of, you know, you know obviously he got injured and then he's brought him back. I, I thought at first he'd be going with experience and they tried and tested. I think we did see that, you know, Matt, early on, maybe in the, the Burnley and the commentary games, obviously, like someone like Matt Lowton, you know, played quite a few minutes early at all. But it's, it's been fascinating to watch how he's kind of managed these young players. And uh, again, it's not just him. I think Ronnie Jepson just needs immense credit, but he's brought players out of nowhere and, and as well. And he's just kind of the way he's, honestly, some of his interviews, you kind of, there were open mouths. He's like, Karoma's music and this, that, and the other. It's just honestly, it's just incredible it's what he's doing. Happy camp, isn't it? It just sounds like a really happy camp. Yeah, it? and, and yeah. it's just I just refuse to believe that. Well, he makes players feel good, so they play well. That's bollocks, man. He he must have had an impact. I found it fascinating yesterday, Matt, that he said that. Well, in the press conference on Saturday, he said it. He had an hour with Ian Kamara, and this is a guy who's never seen a. I don't think he's played a minute for Warnock, but. The fact that he's still trying to like influence players, and he, he said, "I'm sure it would come out." I could be totally wrong here. I think it would come no, it out. Was, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just like I just sat there. Thought, this is incredible because, like, this is a because Kamala must be thinking frustrated that he's never played in the minutes, but he's got to respect what Warnock's done. So he's kind of been justified in how he's who he's picked and who's not picked. But if you're you're listening to that, and yet part of you think, "Well, hang on a minute, mate, you've never played me." And the fact that he's got that respect like that. I just find it fascinating how he's dealt with all the young players because I really thought we'd be getting Waggon playing every week and Lola <laughs> playing every week and stuff, and it's been far from it. So it's been fascinating and, and just a total thrill, really, mate. Yeah, Roman Edmonds Green in midfield earlier yeah. on as well at one point. There's some some really very different things he's done, which you probably wouldn't like Hungbo up front and things, things you probably wouldn't have naturally been inclined to think about. Yeah, he's I think Neil Warnock is far more than just a motivator, isn't he? I think he he understands players and he understands how players fit together as well round each other doesn't he, he, he yeah, just the Midas touch Ben Jackson comes on all of a sudden we're playing better and we score I and mean, it's not it's incredible mate whatever he seems to do he just turns to gold and but it's more than just luck mate he's just he's just brilliant turns, man. To, turns to old there you go oh, Neil Warnock an absolute genius isn't he um Hungbo is reinventing the Thunder Bastard isn't he I don't know if we're going to call it the Hungbo Bastard at the minute because he's just he's <laughs> scored I'd, I'd sat there at the weekend and I was sketching out videos that we need to do for, oh, I, well, not you shithouses, but me and Brady need to do for the end of the season, you know, the goal of the season video, the player of the season, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I, re- I wrote down the sort of 10 goal, 12 goals. I thought, goal of the season, here we go, got 12. And I'm like, I need to remove two really just so we can have 10 and we're struggling. And then he's gone and done another one today and I've now got to get three because that's an absolute start. You know, and that's, and Humbo's got, I think three on the shot, three or you know, three on the shortlist. You know, the the one against Birmingham was outstanding, wasn't it? The Cardiff one, maybe that probably gets dropped, but it's sentimentally how big the goal was. And then today, you know, he's he's coming, hasn't he, from Watford? And I spoke to uh, Mike from the Rookery End, uh, a Watford podcast, and he was like, "Oh, whenever he gets a chance, he never really takes it. He doesn't really do an awful lot. When he gets a chance for us, he takes it, doesn't he? He's you know, he might not like Cosie says, he's not playing every game, but when he does play, you know, he's he's on it, he's at it, you know, and and he's he's He's, you know, he's uh, he's producing, and for me, if if the opportunity comes to make that permanent, I'd I'd do it. Me, I think he's I think he's got a lot of growth potential as well. I, I like the guy. I think it comes down to players being happy, Matt, and com- playing with confidence. You know, you mentioned there that Watford fella. You know, when he comes in, he doesn't he doesn't really take a chance, and you know, Phil being in a dressing room as as a player around 
uh, footballers that are a little bit like, you know, the ones that are more sort of skillful and flair sort of players, you know, going forward. If those players are happy and then them players are confident, that they, they don't play within themselves. And that's when they can produce goals like today. Because if he's not confident cutting in like that and shooting, he, he cuts inside and, and squares one maybe, you know, across the field or whatever. But, you know, he's in a good place, in a good frame of mind. And, you know, you've got to put that down to, to Warnock's man management skills. You know, I know obviously we've just said there is more than just a motivator, but for me that that is his biggest skill, is a motivator of people. And he, he knows what to say to people to get to get the best out of them. And, you know, he's obviously got that quality there and he hung and it's just now whether or not we can we can bring someone in to to do the same job as Warnock in regards to getting, you know, the best out of players such as him. Obviously, he'll go back now, you know, his loan spell's finished and, you know, I'm sure there'll be a, a pre-season pod where we decide on, you know, who we might want to buy and, and all that sort of business. And, you know, for me, I agree with you, it would, be, it would be right up there. If you can get that sort of performance out of him for a full season, you know, you've got a really good championship player there for me. It's not, well. I, it's not often I get stuff like I mean, it's not as a rocket science, but I always think, who are your weapons? Who are your guys that are going to, Win games. A couple of weapons on this podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> it's Matt, and, and that was the, the worry, th- and, and it's incredible what's happened. But I remember, like in Pakistan match, I was saying we're relying on a guy who's hardly played any first team football, Joseph Humbert and Josh Curry. I, I just thought these are the only two players, and I mentioned obviously knockout, but that's never transpired. But Umbo and and Karoma, they're guys that can win games, and that's exactly what's happened. They've won us games, and it's just it's, I think he obviously made it solid. I think we were. I'm going to get slaughtered here, but I think on the following, we were to a certain extent, we were pretty solid, but we just didn't have, we didn't have any threat at the other end. But yeah. these guys, honestly, Umbo, fantastic. Remember when that interview, it was quite uh, a bit cheeky, really, that first interview we did. One, he said, what, what can we expect from you when Raj Baines threw in the comment? He said, oh, yeah. Yeah. Himself, yeah, what did he say? I'm going to excite you. I'm a guy who can get you off your seat. And I thought, bloody hell, man, this is a guy who like a Ross County last year. And it's just... But he has, and he's yeah. so big and strong. I'd hate to mark him. I don't know if I'm not, there's not if there's any defenders in this podcast, but he's big, he's strong, awesome. he's direct. And I, I just think Warnock's created that culture. People, it's took me a while for people to say, what, what has Warnock done different? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? And he just created that culture where people are just have a go and he won't. You know, we got the Sunderland game were a great example where we were positive, but we got picked off on the break. And it was a brilliant goal what they scored. But, you know, Warnock were like, fair play. That's what can happen. But we have mm. a go. He's just created that culture where maybe, and again, fathering him, if you're watching this, he might be like, it's fucking bollocks, mate. But it just got <laughs> there that don't get too far up. Don't, don't go too far up. Make sure you track. You know, it's like, so if I'm a player, I'm thinking, I'm not gambling here. I'm not going to try and win the games where one looks like, I'll back anyone who has a go as long as someone's kind of covering. And, and that, honestly, it's just been beautiful to see it all unfold where people... When he came up the card, he's an incredible man. I know it was a bit of a gift of a goal, but still a bit to do. But the guy, you could see his. But he wouldn't have been there under Fotheringham. That's oh, the thing, isn't it? He wouldn't no. have been that high up the pitch. And that's that's probably the difference is we were so conservative under Mark Fotheringham. Yeah. We were never, we had never, ever any intention of getting out and getting at people. It was just all about stay in the game until 10 minutes before the end, then try and nick something. And it, and it was shit. It was absolutely shit. Um, some of the worst football I've seen for a long time. Um, so. Are we sad Fotheringham's gone? Absolutely not. Um, are we happy Neil Warnock's come and saved us? Absolutely. Um, you know, Dean's taken a lot of stick, hasn't he, for the summer? You know, he's, you know, a lot of people will say, and I wouldn't disagree that, you know, the summer transfer window and how we ended up was maybe a problem of his own making. But, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is and he's rectified it by, you know, stumping up for Neil Warnock and it's and it's worked. How about the and it's saved us. 
the January let's not window. Talk, let's not talk about that. I absolutely pulled to pulled to bits our January window. Yeah, I pulled our January window to bits on, on Brady's preview pod and I stand by every word. It was absolutely crap. Every you know, Hungbo was decent, Vasilix ended up decent, but some of the other signings were just absolute garbage and it was desperate. And we were lucky that Neil Warner's come in and saved us, really. Oh, Phil, can I ask you something, mate? It's like I know it's you've obviously played and been in dressing rooms when obviously Jack when we were winning, but confidence I know it's said time again, but it, it never ceases to amaze me how confidence. Just keeps honestly, it looks you part of it wonders now. Another couple of months where we could have ended up, but once we get in a roll, it's honestly one defeat in ten. It's it's incredible. The guys just look like they could. It's like today, I I knew we'd win, you know, in second half. I knew we'd find a way to get a goal, and 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 I just thought, I like guess Sheffield United. I thought, yeah, I thought we'd get one, and it's just like it's just that belief. It's almost like players and fans, everyone. How does is it just you have to kind of grind out a couple of results earlier than that we did against Millwall. And then, can Watford, how does it come this confidence there? I know it's, don't say winning games and then move on because you just, well, how? How does it happen? How can this team look like this now? Well, the thing is, you've, t- you've talked there about like Warnock in terms of like people overseas, he's a good manager, man manager. I've like spent a bit of time watching the players, like their interactions with him. And, and tactically, I don't think he's done anything amazing tactically when you watch the games. But the, 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 you can see in the players, you can see the reaction to him, the response that he's getting from players that, that no one else has been getting. It, it's massive. It, it's absolutely huge. If, if you know someone believes in you and they give you that full confidence in your ability for what you, for what you can do. And, and we talked about obviously getting a few more players forward. Yeah, we are doing. I get that. First half today were horrendous. Second half. I don't think it was Ben Jackson that made the difference. It was the fact that we pushed two players out wide and we could switch play a little bit more and have more options. And, and, and obviously, he could see that. But I think the, the confidence that he will give those players in a position where it's, it is horrendous. When, when you are struggling at the bottom of the league and your confidence is rock bottom, I cannot understand how he's turned those players around into people who 100% believe in themselves the teams that they played at the end of the season that we picked points up against, which we shouldn't be picking points up against, it's 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 astounding what he's done. I I, I can't you know I was you know one of those things when when we talked about bringing Warnock in and I was like right okay it didn't start great and I was one of those who were like well to be fair I probably stuck with following them because we're not really getting much out of this and all of a sudden something's just changed whether it's the leaders have kind of brought themselves up, like your Matty P's and Lee's, and then we've just kind of gone, here we go again. And, and Hoggy's obviously performed a little bit, but I don't know. It, it's, it, you've, it, you, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, you cannot understand what he's done. And, and I suppose unless you're in that changing room, you'll have no idea, because Jacko were exactly the same. You can see yeah. Jacko outside, and you'll see what it's like. Jacko was unbelievable. Jacko would have his arm around people. You know, someone like John McAliskey. Like it, like was the ultimate. You know, John was a young kid. He made him feel. I mean, he was bloody hell. He was eight foot tall. He made him feel ten foot tall. Do you know what I mean? And and that's the kind of quality sometimes that, that you need in the manager. And not. So do, you, do you remember that that Birmingham game? Who would it interviews? They were definitely unborn. And it might have been Diara. It might Kamala. Diara Kamala. And they were like, "It's Neil Warnock, man." You know. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna get unborn. That you're unborn. Someone else. I can't remember what. But they were like. I was stunned because I'm thinking, hang on, you're young guys, you cut, you what? Redoni, wasn't it? Yeah, half of these young supporters today are singing New Watchmen. They weren't even born in 1994, like <laughs> when we were there. So it's like, but the aura, the guy, 
It's almost like a cult. The guy just yeah. People and and it, but yeah, Matt, you know, Lee's and Pierce are going to know it because they're a bit older. But these young guys from that first game, it's like it's new. What it's almost like you can imagine them walking outside and and he said on every single interview I've seen with Warnock, the players have looked in the eyes. You know, they've looked and listened to every word and. That that's a rare in the dressing room now, where you get people just plenty to say. It's it's incredible. What was brilliant though? What was? We were talking under the stands about this exactly the same thing, and we were saying about like the next manager, and we've tried your Danny Schofields, etc., and Sieverts or whatever. You know what I mean? They're following them as new starters, um, but is it just the fact that someone really experienced knows the stuff, brings that respect? And and the players have obviously you know gone along with it. They, they, like you've just said there, whatever he says is 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 right, and they're, they're going to follow it. And and you know, is that something we need to look for for the, for our next appointment? And it's, See, uh, man, that's a question for you. I want to ask because I keep hearing people. Yeah, it's just because the manager knows what he's doing, you know, and that's all. But I digress. I don't think anyone else but Neil Warnock could have done this. But a lot of people saying an experienced manager could have done the same. But I, I didn't really think the squad were there where, to be fair, most people else said, yeah, it is. It just needs to... Told a- you, buddy. Told you, buddy, they were there. Told you. Yeah. So I suppose my no question... No one likes that told you so, though, do they? Could, could, could another experienced manager have done the same? For me, it's just only Neil Warner could have done that. Or am I a bit too... You know no, what? I think you're right. I think I think when when it came to appointing Fotheringham, I think if you'd have got that appointment right, we'd have been fine. But at the point Warnock came in... We looked dead, didn't we? You know, I think Mark Fotherham did almost irreparable damage to the confidence of that squad and the way he handled himself. He, he was a, such a bad appointment, really bad appointment. To be honest, probably no worse than Schofield, in all honesty. But you know, we, we made two poor appointments for different reasons. Um, but the way the squad was, the, how on you know the Wigan game, you know, Narcis Pelak, you know, he's a really nice bloke, isn't he? A lovely bloke, Chicho or Chico, as Cosy calls him, but. <laughs> they would. They could, he couldn't get. He couldn't get anything from them, could he? Him and Clem couldn't get anything from them against Wigan or against Stoke. And I love the story where Ronnie Jepson rang Neil Warnock up in, you know, when he was yeah, in New York, York, and he's, and he's yeah. like, "Are you sure these lot are shy?" Yeah. Didn't he? Pretty much. And yeah, what, I, what I loved, Cosy. Like what I was going to say. What I was going to say is what I loved. Going back to when he first came, the very first, you know, they, they all had the cameras on him when he pulled up for the very first time. He pulled up in the car park at Canal Side. The first thing he did was get out of the car and he walked yeah, over to Brahima yeah, Diara, yeah. didn't he? And he gave Brahima Diara a pep talk within 10 seconds of it. And Brahima Diara, like you said, yeah, 18, 19 year old French kid, you know, he's yeah. probably got no idea who Neil Warnock is. And he's absolutely in awe of him. And, you know, the stuff, clever little stuff like that. I, I think of him as a puppet master, me just pulling the right strings at the right time. So clever, even in his interviews and what he was saying prior to Sheffield United about Paul Heckingbottom, you know, and just, just sort of almost lulling them into a false sense of, security mm-hmm. or just kind of you know the certain things he was saying oh these lot don't need to beat us etc they've done really well this year is and it's just it's just almost like he's just that psychological little thing the string is pulling just to try and get them to notch it down a level you know he's, he's so clever honestly I, i've been watching all the interviews and i just every time i just think this guy is so clever you know and all the things it reminds he does me of, um, it of them like you know you talk about younger players maybe not knowing he is or you know older players still saying you know obviously they know Warnock and these younger players might not you know know him as such but he, he comes across as one of those like really interesting old blokes who sit in a pub <laughs> who can just regale stories and like yeah. younger lads will just listen to it and buy in yeah. because it'll just be like 
believable in it and he'll just tell a story and do you know what he'll come away thinking bloody hell he knows what he's on about this guy so it's not even a case of someone has to go yeah and just go like do you know what you need to listen to this guy because he knows what he's on about young lad oh yeah whatever look at him 74 year old what can he teach me you won't you won't have any of that you just have a wise old man telling general stories probably not even meaning you know you, you, someone can tell a story without with a meaning behind it without even knowing that they're telling you a story with a meaning behind it and I, I, I can imagine that he's done that one-on-one with a lot of players and I think as well you mentioned there because you don't think anyone else could have done it I agree with you there but I think the main thing that's helped with that is the fact that Neil Warnock was, is we're all already a town legend so he, if even if he'd have come in and not really done it the crowd wouldn't have got at him, whereas anybody else coming in, if we hadn't have picked up, it could have still been, you know, a bit of a toxic, toxic atmosphere, people, you know, against the club. And I think Warnock had that in his in his locker, that the fact that you were never really going to go down and, and really get at Warnock. You might, you know, have a bit of a grumble on here or on social media, um, as, as some people did and found out to their cost that, you know, he actually reads it and stuff, which were, which were quite funny. Um but he always had that kind of in his background that you were never going to really get at him. You might be a little bit disappointed. Whereas if someone else came in, you know, you, you could have had a pop at them quite easily because it got no better. Um, and obviously, thankfully for Warnock, it, it did get better. And you could see today that what, you know, almost pretty much a sellout, was it, for, for, a, for a game where there were absolutely nothing on it. And it just shows that, you know, people wanted to come down and show that love and show that respect to him, which is the right he wants cheap admission costs and all, you know, before when we've done it at Tenerine. Let's yeah, we're at full price, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. There was such a buzz around the place. Like I say, it was just, it's just the aura of Neil Warner. But I I mean, he'll obviously say, I always thought, but I remember that interview after Coventry. And I think if you'd have got him on the pod, he, he would have told you, I think we're, we're done. I, I mean, I think he's as much said it in a couple of interviews I did, but that Coventry game, I remember he looked haunted because of the LA with a back pass and, we we but he says now like oh we should I thought we should have won that but at the time I remember that interview but I watched an old Fotherham interview back I know I like pain and stuff but the, <laughs> it's got to be just more than this but when you listen to Fotherham everything seems complicated and complex and it's lean you just listen to it and you just feel stressed out as a fan where Warnock even after the defeat he just keeps everything really simple and stuff and it's like what you said Phil you know about no tactical massively switch and, and, and stuff that you can see but he just Football seems a simple game with Neil Warnock, but obviously we hate promotions and keep rather him up and us up. He's got to be more than that, but Fotherham, everything seemed confusing. And I, I liked Fotherham early doors, and, and I were backing him on the air with some of his interviews, but the last few ones, you know, when you listen to him, you're thinking, I just don't agree with you. I don't get that. Coventry went away when he said we played really well and, you know, blah, and I'm just thinking, that's bollocks, mate. We were just, oh, no, in fact, it might have slagged them off there, but it's just, you know, when you've lost a manager as a fan and you're thinking, but Warnock, even when defeat, I kind of, yeah, I agree with me. I totally get that. And he's just he's just brilliant with the media. And the one thing as well that I don't know if you've noticed, he's improved our profile. Unbelievable. He's such a national darling. And it's been fascinating to see even Leeds fans I know. They really like him. And even though he, he didn't do a good job there, because I think there's a place, people are fed up with these kind of people who buzzword yeah. and just all Laptop managers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people are liking. I mean, let's just know Big Sam doesn't keep him up, but you know what I mean? <laughs> people are warm to him. And honestly, I the number of likes I've had today when I put that video one come from Leeds fans. And I think it's almost as if saying, look, this is a man of the people. This is a guy who speaks our language. And the fact Sky Sports News put that, you mentioned, Pods, about that, uh, oh, you might just mention that about uh, Ronnie mentioning Stoke, you know, the disgrace. Sky Sports News showed HTTV video. 
And it's it was almost as like, and they give us a big five or six minutes on there. Yeah. Just the profile of Neil Warnock and Buddersfield Town were like, has been for the last two weeks since that Cardiff game, we've been real big business. And it's it's made me think how, you know, I, I know you would say it, Matt, but like, I don't say we're massive and that stuff sound like a Sheffield Wednesday fan, but stick your chest out, Cozzy. Stick that chest yeah. out. It makes me realise that, I mean, again, today with the big crowds, Thursday night, big crowds, 2,000 at Cardiff. What's your town? What's it? Sleeping giant, but maybe they're, you know, they're, they're a bit bigger it's, than it's, I yeah, think. It's better than it gets given credit for, is Huddersfield Town. Yeah, club. yeah. Definitely. It's because it's a northern town. It gets looked looked down on a lot when it's um it's better than what it's given credit. It's better than its media profile is. I'll say. Fucking oh, night, mate! What unbelievable people dancing in the street and, <laughs> and stuff. That, that those were the days came on and everyone's going wild. It, it was brilliant, mate. It was just like this is football. The town and the people. Warnock's united them again, and where it were broken, now it's back. But obviously, we'll talk about it later. But the mass. Honestly, the next appointment is just absolutely huge. But, yeah, but let, let's move like, on. Let's move yeah, on from back in, yeah. everyone's back in love at the moment, so it's all good. And the season's cards are priced well, so yeah, it's good, man. Um, right, so I think the next thing is it good. We'll finish the Reading game. It was quite nice to see Nabisar, wasn't it? He did it, it was a typical Nabisar game, two really ropey back passes giving you know, helping to give a goal away, and then some unbelievable clearance off the line as well, was it? Which was ridiculous that clearance off the line from Ridoni. Uh, you know, football, like you say, football's lacking characters and, and decent people, but Nabi is certainly one of the best characters, a decent bloke, isn't he? So it was quite nice to see Nabi get something that I like, Matt, as well. And, and, and I see you see this a lot in Germany, but not so much in England. But they've been relegated, and there's some of their fans, their, their team came up to their fans really close up, a couple of gave the shirts to it. And if Good I'm, I'm be thinking, I'd go down the tunnel, and, and they were getting some shit. And I just think, if I'm a player, I'm thinking, you're going to get that because. In effect, we've been relegated. A lot of them players were, I don't think they've been playing normally, but I just thought, big risk, you know, from a kind of outside looking, I thought, just massive respect for A, those who travelled, them Reading fans, because I thought they were class, and, and B, yeah. almost the players that were like, you know, they were, I just thought it was kind of a, a nice moment in football where I just feel sometimes that maybe the top level players are a bit detached from their people. I just, I just thought it would just maybe I'm too much of a softy, but do you know no, what? No, it's good. It felt it felt like for Reading, it felt like there was maybe a connection there, and that, that helps, yeah. doesn't it, to bounce back? You know, so maybe next year if they, they can maintain that, they've got a chance of bouncing back. But they, they need to sort the finances out, don't they? Before we do that, let's let's gloss over Huddersfield Town one, Sheffield United nil on Thursday because yeah. we haven't really done much of a pod on this, but we did sort of a brief, momentarily drunken stupor in King's Head on Thursday night, but. I've honestly, I've never been as nervous in my life. I actually said I was sat next to a mate at the game and I was like, I'm more nervous for this game than I was in the playoff final by a mile. Um, mm. For me, for me, I want Huddersfield in the top two divisions. I hate League One. I hate League One, honestly. I don't want us there. So I was nervous and there was nothing to be nervous about because Sheffield United were just knocking the ball between themselves. I was nervous, Matt. I, oh, I, was, I was horrible. I was all over the place, stressed. I don't know if it's just because I knew we had Reading match coming up where I thought we'd get a result. Um, it wasn't too, it wasn't too concerned. Well, I thought Reading would beat us if they, if uh, I thought yeah. Reading last game, if they need to win, they'll throw Zhao and Carroll up front and just bombard us. Mm, I just didn't long, really yeah. fancy that. Well, strange night in the stadium though, Matt. I think like when it started, it was, there was a bit of nervousness about and, and the atmosphere were, it was just surreal. Wasn't it? Like, it was almost like the game we played at Stance. It was almost like, reminded me of that game against Barnsley where people weren't like moving yeah. it like the game had stopped because there were a medical emergency in the because he's gone on mute somehow 
Honestly, you watch that. <laughs> all, you watch that access all areas. Uh, Seventeen minutes. It's quite incredible. If anyone hasn't watched that, watch it because it is the emotion on and off the pitch. The, the scenes in the goals, the scenes in the stands. The goal obviously was a sensational goal from Danny Ward. It was. It was honestly. It just makes you tingle, man. It, it's incredible. The the honestly the second half onwards were just. It, you think I remember Paul Fletcher when he's saying back in the day when that stadium was built. It's got to find its own history. It's got, like Lee Road, it's got to build its own history. And honestly, if you're thinking 30 years, it's next year, isn't it? That, that That's up there with yeah. Lincoln and Link up there with, you know, but obviously the loot. And then that night on Thursday, that to me, that is etched in our history. Just a famous night, man. Famous Hell of a strike man. as well from, from the King oh. of Kirkburn. Um, is it Kirkburn <laughs> where Danny Ward lives? It was it superb, wasn't it? He, he, he was great with oh. Danny Ward. You know, he's... he's He's come back and I think Warnock's picked him against the medical advice of the physios, hasn't he? Um, and he's done well as Danny Ward. He's, he's had people closer to him than what he did under um, Fathers, hasn't he? So he's, he's obviously looked a little bit better. Karoma's got closer to him and it's obviously helped. Uh, Hungbo's come on and they've played two up at times. Um, others have come in and played their part. Simpson, Harrah have all come on and done little bits here and there, haven't they? It's um, because he's uh, obsessed with the Forest score. 3-2 two now, two. what a game. Yeah, 3-2. But you know, absolutely brilliant game. Second half, we we were we were decent, weren't we? We were really good. Once we scored as well, they never they were never scoring, and it felt to me like they were going to score at some point. But I had a mate next to me, and he was just sat next to me. He's a, he's a town fan, and we're like, as soon as Ward scored, he was like, "Matt, calm down. There's no way these lot are getting two. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. It's done." And like, and I just like ten minutes later, he's like, "Are you still nervous? Don't worry about it. They're not getting two. It's done." And then got to ninety third minute, and I went, "Do you know what?" I don't think they're going to get two now. <laughs> we got to that stage where I was like quite happy to accept it. But such a relief, Cosy, at the end. And the scenes as well with Warnock and Jeppo. Jeppo's clapping. I've got a mate who finds Jeppo's clapping really funny because he, he has like open open palms when he does it. It is, mate. I've seen, I agree with him. I saw, I, it's, it's funny you say that because I, um, where's Cosy? Make got? some noise though. You can hear I, um, he, he, he opens his fingers, doesn't he? And he's yeah, like, he's like, like every time he does a clap like that, he kind of just like bare and claps. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but uh, do you know what? Those two blokes though, it was so good, wasn't it? If that's, if this is Neil Warnock's last job, it, it just felt poignant because he had unfinished business with us, didn't he? After 94, 95, I was devastated when he left. I was kind of, it was a little bit mixed because we'd just been promoted. So you were, you were very happy, but at the same time you'd lost, you know, the best manager I'd seen at that. Obviously I've been supporting town that long, but we'd lost a great manager. And, and it's, I've always wondered what we'd have done if Neil Warner could have stayed. And I always think that Neil Warner would have got us to the premier league if we'd have stayed um, in the next couple of years, if, if he'd have been backed, obviously. And, um, it was just, it's just great that that unfinished, it just feels like that unfinished business from, you know, 30 years ago has, has been finished now. He's come and he's, he's managed to just field in the championship. He's saved the club and he can just ride off into the sunset now, can't he? And just be the legend. And he's up there, isn't he? With Buxton, with Wagner, with, um, you know, probably not Herbert Chapman, but he's up there, isn't he? With the top managers that this club's ever had. And it's, it's just a nice, it was just nice to see him get that, Praise and the songs sung about him in the ground, and I've got no idea what Cosy's up to in the background. Annika Rice just pissing about, isn't he? But it was just so nice, wasn't it? Just yeah, to see them get, <laughs> yeah, snacky chan over there. But it was so nice, wasn't it? Just to see them get this round of applause and this ovation that their careers deserved, as well as the job they've done. And it was just nice, wasn't it? To, and Jeppo, always magnanimous because I'm sure he's absolutely huge in in everything that 
done and you know he's always you first gaffer you know and still calls him gaffer and it's just really nice and for me ronnie Pozzo, you've got just best ginger on the pod and your little strap line there but i'm sorry you're not the best ginger in huddersfield at the minute ronnie's taking that crown i'll, I'll take a second to a big ronnie i'll take a second he's a sound guy as well i met him after um bumped into him after the watford match down at uh, vicarage road and we'd just been in chippy and my, you know jack my youngest he spotted him and he was shouting, Ronnie, Ronnie, can I have a phone? And he's turned around, you can have a phone, but you got to give me some chips. So as he's lying up <laughs> for Ronnie Jepson just taking handfuls of chips off an eight-year-old and scoffing them into his face. And, uh, With a big split fingers again. Yeah, big massive fingers coming <laughs> in. Must have eaten half of it, our jack like afterwards. I've got the chips left, Dad. And I just think that'll be like one of them moments that he'll remember that for, for the ages. Because um, after the match, we were lucky enough to to pop down where players, you know, uh, hang around and stuff like that. And Ronnie Jepson, he were eating his post-match pizza that they all get and uh, even our Jack like I'm going to ask him for a slice dad because he nicked all my chips <laughs> out of a week and I just thought they're, they're them moments that kids remember out there so you know if they're like that with fans and stuff you can all, you can only imagine what they're like with uh, what they're like with the players and stuff so it's easy to see why they've, they've been in such good spirits over the last few weeks importantly though did he get a slice no, I didn't, because Ronnie Jepson, I've, I've never seen a man eating 11-inch pizza as fast in my life. Honestly, he basically just folded it in half and ate it like a calzone. <laughs> a sandwich. It was brilliant. He just went, oh. Go on, Cos, Phil. What, what were your thoughts on the, the aftermath of the Sheffield United one? 53 points. I, I mean, obviously, after today, I, it's absolutely obscene. Nine points off safety. It makes you wonder what, what we're all worried about. It was just... I wasn't as nervous, Matt, and uh, I just felt the Cardiff game had bought us that insurance, and I get what you say in the last game, and you didn't want it to happen, And but I'd have still backed us today if it had been a winner takes all, and, and we'd had the draw kind of thing, but obviously I didn't want it to go there, but the way the game was panning out, to be honest, I was kind of thinking, okay, obviously a, a draw wouldn't have done us any good whatsoever, so I knew we'd kind would of would have been safe with the draw. You what, sir? Would have been safe with the draw against Sheffield well, And Thursday... Yeah, a drama would have been safe. Yeah, we would, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's a good job. You haven't been drinking. You're not on the ALN, you? <laughs> <laughs> days on it, but no, I just, I just, I don't know. It's just that belief that you know that one winning ten has kind of got me. I just kind of felt that that we we do it much for me. We're depending on their mentality, but they, I mean, they, obviously they kept the ball really well, but they didn't really hurt us. I mean, there was obviously there were a tweet posted on our account saying, "Oh, Nichols kept us in it," but I never felt it like that. To be honest with you, and that as well, I just felt. That can we have we got that minute moment of quality and luckily we did. I mean, some of our goals in the last month or so. I mean, obviously we don't score many, but there's some incredible, uh, you know, absolute works of art as well. And uh, yeah, it was just brilliant. And I just really enjoyed the last. I know some people might say not, but I was loving the last 10, 15 minutes. I was just drinking it all. It reminded me some of them Premier League games when you know, I remember when, obviously when we beat United and, and a few of us. He just, I just sort of drink it in, just take it all in because. You go through so much pain as a town fan and so many bad times. Christ, we've had so much. And I just thought, enjoy it. And you know the moment where you, you thought, yeah, like you say, we needed that appointed good enough. And you're almost like, I just thought, enjoy that's to miss. And honestly, Paz, I think we're a bit quiet in the South Stand until maybe about, well, obviously when we scored, but the last 20, 25 minutes were yeah, wild. Honestly, some of the people say, well, then says it sounded like we're off, the roof were coming off after. And it was, wasn't it? We're just brilliant there. Town are staying up, and I was pleased as well. Little things, really, but just that no went on the pitch. I just it'd have been gutting, really, just to be denied that kind of you know, let Warnock have the you know, have his five minutes of him with the, with the lads and stuff as well. But it's just under lights, it just everything just feels good. We've had so many of our big moments, obviously, in the playoff midweeks under lights and stuff, and everything just feels better. But 
it was an incredible moment. I don't know what you did out when it whistle went, but it just like it just felt. Honestly, I, you know when you've given someone up, you should never give up up in life, should you? It's so bad, but I've not met one person who thought we'd do it. You know, like who'd, even the staunch, staunch Warnock allies were. Yeah, when we were, I've said a few times when we when we had that you know, set back at Blackpool and then went to Wigan on the Saturday. I know we were kind of like managerless at the time, so it was a little bit different, but we, we played that match at Wigan and in all my, what, probably 30 plus years of going to watch town, it was probably, that was one of, that. if you had to name top five performances that were diabolical, that, that were definitely in there. And I remember afterwards that a lot of the players kind of, you know, they do the little claps towards and I remember just a load of people just like, hurling abuse towards them and I, I remember walking back to the car and I, I, at that point I just resigned myself to, to relegation and I thought to myself do you know what we're not going to get out of this there's, there's no point kind of getting angry about it for the rest of the season it's going to be what it is and for, for Warnock to turn from from that mentality to the mentality that I have now for him to turn that around is oh. it's a miracle I League one final day unfold I don't know if you did that no I'm not uh, yesterday on Je- you know Jeff Stelling and what have you and mm. it just really dawned to me that it's, it was so massive it was not going down you looked at some of them games like you know Fleetwood and Shoes I mean they were singing there weren't they you know yeah, Shrewsbury yeah. and stuff but and, and yet I still couldn't believe you got people saying oh I've been you know it's not the end of the world we can regroup and League One's not a place to regroup Sheffield Wednesday could end up yeah, with 96 points and not go up it's it was so massive, and and obviously Kevin Nail. League One's a bear pit, mate. It's yeah, it is. It is. So it it was beautiful yesterday to watch all that unfold, thinking, "Wow, we've done no. so <laughs> in there." And it's uh, yeah, it, have, it was, have a little uh, chocolate derby as well, maybe. Yeah, a little bit, little bit. <laughs> and honestly, there's some. There's going to be big casualties in them League One playoffs, isn't there? Because you've got people yeah. just sneaked in, and maybe it could be there. There's obviously history with us, but. Isn't it beautiful now? We can just put our feet up and let everyone else go through hell like Leeds fans are currently. You've got, hopefully, Carlisle, Mr. Clibbon, can do us a big favour and put another smile on his face uh, at the weekend with his boys. And, and it's hashtag like... Hashtag what? Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> up the United. But, no, honestly, <laughs> it's, it, I, I I don't think so many people have underplayed. I don't know what you think, Phil, about League One. It's like, I know you get, oh, I've been... Some fans, I've been there. And I'll follow them again. I get that, mate. But for us, your town as a club and a business and Kevin Nagel and everything, it'd have been a disaster, man, in my opinion. But then, Paul, you were saying about having a disaster because of Kevin Nagel's coming. I tell you what, you, 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 you've, you've all said it, we're a championship club, we are. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the fans, the crowd, the ground, the club, the history. It's a championship club, so it, it, it would. It would Disaster is a strong word, but it would have been bad, wouldn't it, if you go to League One? And it's so difficult to get out of. I mean, look at these teams that are in there now. It's horrendous. Oh. Um, some some decent away days, though, some different grounds, etc. For I mean, my, my little lad turned around to me and says, Can we go some more away games next year? No, how, how hard um, would it be to get out of that League One before? We, we, hell on, we threw money after money, yeah. big sign after big signing. We lost playoff finals, semi finals. Short memories from people that were only like 10 to. The effort, the grit, and we only kind of spawned the penalty shootout. People have got short memories, man. It's yeah. like it'd have been a nightmare to go down for me. Yeah, and, and like you said, like we, I mean, we've said it for the last couple of years now. And if you, you know, slight mismanagement of, of, of a situation and, and you're back in, in those areas that you don't want to be. Yeah, look at Leeds, mate. There's the same there, the mismanagement there. It's if you get it wrong, we, we've got away with it, Phil, haven't we? We've been lucky, really, mate. 
We, well, we, yeah, we, obviously we've got away with it this this season, but who knows next season? You know, because it, it, there's an accumulation of things. So, so hopefully things are put in place next season to to kind of you know to to change that. But you hit nail on the head there. Leeds United are exactly the same as what we've done. You know, these these signings, these decisions there at that club that's that's, that's that's killed them this year. So it's it just shows if you get it wrong, and, and yeah. anybody can get it wrong. You know, people have slated Dean, etc., whatever, but. It's not easy, and, and and if you get things wrong, it, you, you're back to square one, and that's the last thing we wanted. But this is like a massive, like shining light in terms of what, what we've had and, and where we've been, and, and it's been a great end to the season, really. I, I miss think- I missed the Sheffield United game, but um, you were talking about like being nervous, etc. But I've got a, a, a mate of mine; he's, he's, he's friends with um, the gaffer, and, and we, it, we, I'd heard a few stories coming out of Sheffield United's camp. Um, it sounds like they've enjoyed themselves. Since they got automatic promotion, yeah. um, so so I weren't worried because I've heard some stories. McBurney, McBurney. Honestly, when McBurney came on, I looked at my mate and went, "He's pissed, he is," and he looked like he was absolutely all over the place. But and I'm like, "He's been play, out." The players at some point, the players have gone out, come home, and gone out again um, within the space of half an hour. Um, so I, I weren't too worried, and, and like I said, I missed the game, but I listened to the little lad who played football, so we listened to it on the radio and. And, and, and again, it just sounded, it sounded kind of, I wouldn't say easy, but, you know, there was, there was very little worry from, from, from our point of view. So, you know, you listen to radio and it's, you know, really animated. Oggy gets really animated and stuff. Yeah, it, it makes it, me nervous it, as Oggy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and it just seemed pretty straightforward. And, and yeah, fortunately, we got, we got it when we did because it was a nice day today to be able to rock up and, and, and not have to worry about anything. It's just mad, isn't it? Like, if you'd have said to you in August, right, guys, We'd be celebrating being in the same division we started in in August after yeah. losing the playoff final. You don't yeah. think it's but the best thing is that about it that everyone that knows football, there's no one said, "Oh, you, what you celebrate?" I've not had anyone. What you celebrate about staying up? Because everyone knew in football, especially Tampmans, we were done. Everyone yeah. knew, man, and that that's what makes it so sweet. And, and you know, I've not met anyone yet who thought, "Yeah, we could get out of it." It's not even I, that. Yeah, I've Even seen a few say, no, don't don't celebrate mediocrity. It's like piss off. You know, we were dead and buried uh, a couple of a couple of people and so But that's media. relevant though, because we've been batting above our weight for, for a long time. Yeah. Got. But, so it's not mediocrity. It's, it's, I mean we, we were dead, we were dead. Celebrate we, it. Because we, we were gone. We were yeah. gone. Right, do you remember, have a, do, sorry, do you, quickly, do you remember when Lee Clark kept burning up that season? I would go because I wanted them down, but that was a similar kind of escape, and they yeah. were like they filled Bolton. And they went on the pitch and blah. And I'm thinking, God, I can't believe. And it's exactly kind of us because you don't when you when it's gone and you get it back, it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing, man. And that as well. And uh, yeah, honestly, it's just like to be a town fan, like it's never dull, is it? And like Paul said, 14 seasons of up and down. Next year, if we're doing this and we're like 12th and we've been that all year, don't be morning. <laughs> It'd be boring now. It'd be too boring. <laughs> right. I think what we'll do is we'll have a, a small break and then come back with uh, the topics that we decided to bring to the podcast. But we might have to speed up because Cosy's mouth's been in uh, overflow, hasn't it, today? So we'll keep <laughs> back in a minute. I've enjoyed it. Nice little free-flowing pod. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cozzy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, okay, we are back. So what we've been trying to do in the last couple of weeks is we've all been trying to bring a a certain topic to the table. Um, I thought I'd bring this in nice and quick because I thought mine was was getting broached um, a moment ago. Um, Guys, one point that I'd like to make really is that the strength of the championship next season looks like it is increasing. Um, you look at Plymouth, who've come up, they're, they're a good side. They've got a lot of things right off the field and on the field. Ipswich got a lot of money behind them, look like a good side coming up. You could see Sheffield Wednesday maybe coming up and having another tilt at things. You've got Bolton, you've got um, Barnsley have done quite well under Michael Duff. So t- next year, it could be quite a strong league. And you look at the ones coming down, Southampton look like they're going to come down. Hopefully the Chesties come down and maybe Forest or... Leicester it's going to be a tough division next year and my point really is the strength of this division um town you know the the buyout needs to go through or, or the Kevin Nagel takeover needs to go through as soon as possible but town need to really grab the, the by the balls if to make a point and, and really make sure we're not in this position next season um you know let you know what really frustrates me sometimes is let's pay off this small dog working class crap and let's start to think a bit bigger and better and maybe get on the front foot again rather than you know constantly talking the club down. Um, let's aim higher commercially, aim higher, you know, in terms of players, staff. You know, first things first, get a good sporting director in, you know, get a good staff in place, um, get a good manager for next season. You know, town fans were singing one more year, weren't they at Neil Warnock? But he's he's obviously not gonna uh, do that. But you know, we really have to get things, you know. Huddersfield Town have had the best seasons when they've done things quickly in the summer. When they've, you know, they've, you know, they've done the business early. They've done all this early. They've done some really sort of stuff. I don't know, because I'm going to mute you. So we, we do some really good stuff, you know, when we do things early. So we really need to get on, get on it as soon as possible to have a decent season next year. Because you know, if we continue to take half measures like we have done, then Huddersfield Town could be back in the same position next season. So really. You know, let's get on the front foot. Let's get a decent sporting director in. Let's get a good CEO, manager, etc. And let's have a go next season. You know, Kevin Nagel's coming. There could really be a real opportunity to ride that momentum through. But, you know, Huddersfield Town have been masters of their own downfall, haven't they, in, in the past? So my point really is Town really need to grab the bull by the horns and, and really push forward. What have you crossed that out Matt? Because I get you, but Millwall fans want to Gary Rowett out all season. I get they haven't got what they've got today, but... You're not telling me that you thought they'd have a go and they, they nearly ended up in the playoffs. You know, Sunderland kind of got up and Millwall, Millwall have been just outside the playoffs for the last three years, though, haven't they? They've been what outside the playoffs for the last three million, years. 12 million, good manager. It's not, it's not necessarily just about that, it's not just about money, Cosy. It's about doing things right, it's about doing things early, it's about not taking half measures, it's about not bringing in a, a head coach who's had six months uh, in in a foreign league and giving him no staff to work with, you know, and stuff like, like that. Corbin, when he nearly got us up. No, corporate. No, corporate had had a job, and he, he was allowed to bring in Chicho. He was allowed to bring in Jorge. They did it properly. Fotheringham wasn't allowed to bring anyone in until Kenny Miller. I don't know how you're gonna get it, mate. I just 
I get what you well, want. Well, if we don't get it, well, this is the point. If we don't get it, we're going to be in the same position next year. I think you're right, Matt, especially in regards to getting somebody in quick. And it's it's obviously there's a, going to be a the change in ownership. You know, the quicker that gets through, the better. Um, you know, fingers crossed, I'm sure they'll know behind the scenes whether there's likely to be any, you know, hurdles to jump over. And hopefully if there is, they're working those out as, as quickly as possible. But it's interesting to see that. And there's already already rumours in regards to who might be coming in. I think Paul Buckle is is kind of like the main one at the moment. Uh, maybe that's just because he used to be at Sacramento, so obviously people are putting two and two together there, and, and maybe coming out with with uh, with five. Um, but it's interesting. The, it's good that the rumours are starting. Is, is what I'm getting at because if not, you know, this could this could drag on in regards to you know getting the people in that we need to get in. I think I agree with you in the fact that it needs to just be more than a. A manager it needs to be, for me, it needs to be decks cleared and, and almost restart, you know, the, the new, I know we've said this about Huddersfield Town three or four times, haven't we, recently, but a new era where, you know, the new owner can come in and, and put his own people in place, not just in the dugout, but also in other areas, uh, potentially in commercial areas. Obviously, Americans are very big on that, so that's a, that's an important you know, important position to fill, um, just, as, just as important as kind of the on-the-field stuff. So, I'm hoping it's one of those where there's a list of people kind of almost ready to go, and it's just a case of getting the green light from whoever we need to get it from in regards to the transfer, of, you know, of the club. And, and once that's done, we can we can get the business done done early, get the players in early, uh, and, and come back in what what July uh, with the squad ready to start pre-season. Um, we did that under Wagner, and look what happened there. Uh, I don't want to be messing around coming into the first week of August thinking. Oh, we still need this striker. Oh, we could do with a centre half. Oh, we we still need this number eight. You know, X, Y, and Z. We need those players in, and we need them in sharpish. So hopefully, they've had enough time to you know work out who's going to come into what position and they get they get on with it. Well, it's just little things, isn't it? Like obviously, we have to wait till the takeover goes through. But there's players out of contract at the minute, and who's making the decisions on these players mm. that are currently out of contract? There's so much up in the air. You know, could you lose? A couple of players as well because we've not sorted things in the background. I understand that they can't do anything until the takeover goes through, but you would hope there are some kind of contingencies just in case it rumbles on that somebody's actually able to make some kind of decisions in there just to make sure that we're not treading water again next year. I just think it's a difficult one because if he inevitably appointed manager of Town or Michael Duff, what does that or Paul Booker? What does that? Wow, that's it. We're really going for it. Or 10 million spent really going for it, or we get a director of football from Norway. They really go. I, I get what we all want him, but I just don't know how you define, you know, when, when, obviously we go back to the Wagner season, but we're signing captains, leaders, players. So you kind of think, ooh, the, these guys must have something about them. You know what? I, I, it's really a difficult one. And I think it's a real danger here with Kevin Niggs. His words are massive when he early on. Phil got it all wrong early doors with his words, and it cost him quite a lot of credibility. And I don't think he got that back, but. What's coming in right coming out? Want us to aim for the Premier League? Everyone be like, Way! but then all of a sudden he spends four million, and then everyone's slaughtering him on Twitter. I, I think it's a really difficult. It's well, you don't it's, have to do that, does it? It's, it's just about being brave and making good decisions early, and and but you, you say not and not take it early. Like what? I just told you, mate. A sporting director that actually can actually implement something. I told you a list of things, and you weren't listening. So that guy that we were about the Cardiff game, and that as well. With that, it's like wow. That that means we're going for it. Because we can get the sporting director in. Yeah, well, exactly. Get him in. Get get someone in like a director. And then he's got to build a team in the background because, you know, you, we're looking at, you know, uh, Narcis Palak's been linked with a Blackpool job. You know, he leaves. There's another coaching place to fill. You know, if he takes anyone with him, you know, analysts, etc. 
you know, your sporting director is the one who, who, who implements everything from the top. And he also implements the style of play as well, um, all the way through the football club. And that's so key as well, you know, actually having um, not, not necessarily just a style, but something about the football club that you stick to, you know, some heuristics or some, some kind of uh, identity of sorts, you know, that you stick to. And it's about doing that properly and not just half-assing it. You know, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is you've got to go out and you've got to empower these people to make decisions nice and early and, and get on it and get at it. Not, not be sort of chasing your tail at the end of the transfer window going, oh shit, we've not got any centre-backs here. We better throw a load of money at and Betty and Mikhail Helic. And Mikhail Helic's worked out brilliantly. But, you know, it's about getting things early and getting things sorted quickly and getting the right people in post because, you know, this, this thing drags on and then all of a sudden you don't have a manager until June, July, and then you're behind everyone else. And, you you know, and it, like I say, it's a tough league and you've just got to get on it and at it straight away. And that was the point, really. But you know what? We're behind it already. Exactly, yeah. But we're behind it already, simple as that, because we don't have a manager. So we're in exactly the same place as what we've been for a long time. And that's that's one of the most frustrating things. And, and, and I think it's kind of holding on to your hats kind of stuff again, because... Sporting directors, managers, whatever, all that crap. It's all irrelevant. We, we need we need we need players. Simple as that. You need funds to get those players. So are we gonna get the funds? Uh, who's the manager that's gonna bring the players in? Or who's the sporting director who's gonna bring the players in? There's so many questions in there. And we're, we're in the same place as what we were last year. It's exactly the same. So yeah, and we can talk about it all over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But it's we're we're back in where we are, and, and like you said before, I never thought about it that way. But there's some good teams coming up this year. There's some big clubs, oh, yeah. and there's some good teams coming down as well. You know, there's there's some there's, there's some yeah, there's a lot of money in, in certain clubs that are coming down. So it's gonna be so difficult next year. And, and yes, it's been a great end to the season this year. Um, and this was probably my negatives that I'm going to talk about before. But we're are we in a, are we in a worse position than last year for next year? I mean, we, we didn't know that it, it were going to leave last year, so, but are we in a worse position this year? Oh, I, no, think no. I think no, as I it stands, it's, it's a blank canvas, and it? it's hard to compare, as you say, Phil, if we'd have gone into this we're season with Paul Brown in position, the fact that they left so late is, you know, that's what threw us, isn't it, I think. But a little bit early, but the thing is, these teams are sorting this out probably about two months ago, who they want. So yeah, has, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, like I say, you just, it's just one of those things you can't. We could we could sit here for another three hours and discuss it, but we aren't in a position to make any decisions, are we? So it's not, you know, it's just going to be a wait and see job, isn't it? And just, yeah. and just I think the thing that just makes me think it's just, I know what you want, but we lost 7 0 at Norwich that season, at the end of last that season. Carlos Cobram were wanted out, the club were in a mess, Bromby yeah. out, and then we nearly went up the next season. So I, I just think it's not. You know, it don't worry me as much as like I know what you're saying. It'd be great to have all direct football and then all everything the chess, but it just showed in the carnage and, and what we had that season. We nearly, you know, went up that you know season, and yeah, we've got us loans wrong this year, and we've kind of paid the price. Poor management appointments, but we've still even stayed up despite all the mistakes. So I, I just think I don't know. I don't feel as concerned about it as you because you. Well, know, that's the point because the the league's going to be well it, on paper at the minute. It looks stronger it's next year. After. That's it. Let's get that podcast back off that Norwich. Nearly go up next year with eight yard points. You'd be like, off your dick I don't think anyone wants that back, to be honest. No. Right, who's next? Um, <laughs> Bad times. Cosy, do you want to go next? Yeah, I, I yeah. It's just style of play. That's all. It's really interesting because I've had quite a few people, even tonight, saying 
He was brilliant what Warnock did, but I won't want to see that football every week. And I, I was countering it by saying, I don't feel that and it, that when I'm watching it, maybe it's because the wins and, and maybe the energy that Warnock's given us and obviously the fact that we've, we've got out of it. But I don't feel that I'm watching like negative football and everyone's throwing these stats. I was, Sky were doing it again the other day, wasn't it, about you know, passes and, and stuff. And it made, it made us look bad. But I don't go away thinking I'm bored or stuff. Although mm. Phil said it. I think you've got to take it to the out of it because it would have been a bit of a dead rubber. But I, and again, it just comes back to the old it points over performance. And part of me thinks, do we get a, a sexy football coaching who can give us 65, 70% possession with two shots on target and, and we're bored? Obviously, it'd be great to have football. But again, I think it just comes down to that. Town fans just like to see hardworking players front foot football, which I think we played under one, which sounds bizarre when you look at his stats. I think that in front foot football. But I feel when we have got the front foot, we've like, had a go, but I think what I'm trying to say to you is again that probably deep down, yeah, I'd love to see some Pep Guardiola stuff, but I could easily stomach another season of Warnock football. But other people were telling me not. But has it been really that bad? Have you been bored? I am. Yeah, do you know what, Cosy? It comes back to that old, literally the old thing, doesn't it? You don't care how you play whilst you're winning. And I guarantee you these matches where we've had 20%, 21%, 22%, wherever it's been, very low percentages, and you lose 4 0. People walk out of that stadium with a totally different mindset because because you've won, you don't care. You wear it as a badge of honour. <laughs> we won and we only had 20, 20 odd percent. You know, look at look at people are happy when you win. Nobody cares when you lose. You can even win, no, but you can even win and play all this tippy taffy football and it's boring. I remember people sometimes suggested under Wagner that it were boring football because we'd pass it around and keep possession and recycle as they say, and we'd you know you'd come out and win two nil, but you were bored because there were no edge to the game because it was just it was just there at least we at least with Warnock football like they've been attacking us so there's been there's always been a bit of a threat and then we'd, we'd counter him on break so for me I fully agree with you because I think it's been quite exciting but turn the results I, around and would you think that that's the thing I, I just it. think it's the character of the manager I think like for example I don't think Corbyn the fans didn't I don't think the fans bought into Corbyn at all you know some of them did some of them didn't but I honestly think you could get Big Sam in I know forget he's at Leeds now Big Sam could come in and do an alpha job and the fans would love him because he's a character. I think we need fans with a bit of character. I think Wagner, you know, obviously got his results, but he was a character and people could associate with him. I don't think people could associate with Corbin. I think so much depends on the personality of our manager. Yeah, really no, there is that as well, mate. Yeah, there is that as well. I think I mean, he never... If you're asking what style of football I'd like to play, you'd obviously like to play Man City-style football and win 6-0 every week because if you'd score those, it'd be good to watch. Obviously, you're not going to get that at town. It's not going to be that varied. I, I just like to see us go into every game trying to win. How we, how we play, yeah, you know, it's nice to play nice football, but am I that actually that bothered? No, I go to watch town to win. I enjoy it if we win and I don't enjoy it if we lose. And it's pretty much as simple as that these days for me. Um, yeah. If we knock it long and, and, and play bad football, but come out, you know, winners, then I go, I'm happy. So. I just found it fascinating listening to one about that burner because we criticised him on here this part throwing the game I, we were a bit mad weren't we well I say we mean he said and he's mentioned it didn't he said he'd take Burnley on now because we were like almost like in hospital like getting operated on we yeah, weren't we we ready were we we weren't ready to do that I think you shouldn't throw any game but I think what he's trying to say is like you build it up and then you can play against these teams but Matt mm. fascinated to see what Phil and, and, and Matt have got to say about it I'll tell you what I am um, 
so I, I might be going off. I might be going off tangent a little bit here, but I'm more interested in terms of like how town fans are going to react to to an American owner, and whether it's it's going to change kind of like the the, the psyche of the fans and the the. I mean, Karlsruhe Law responded really well to the German type of, of, of manager kind of thing, and. And and how's it going to change? Pause in that cowshed loyal for um, for American owner. Are we going to get American flags out? Nah, I, don't, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll have the old. Seen an American flag in the middle, you know, style support. I think we'll. To be fair, we'll 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 keep on going as we're going. And I think the the thing that the the American fan base is, if you look into them, yeah, you see all these kind of clips on Twitter, you know, where we're, we're all English fans take the Mickey and stuff like that. But if you actually have a you know a delve into American fan culture um, maybe not just for soccer but for everything it's really good they're really passionate about the team it's just it's just a different way in it you know what English are like whatever the English way is is the best uh, you know in our, in our in a lot of people's views and if you look at some of the the fan groups out in America you know they're, they're just as good as anything that you'll see out in Europe you know the displays that they do yeah I think pyro is legal over there so that obviously massively helps so they have certain sections where it's you know you can use it and stuff so if you look some of some of the fan displays and the, the passion that they show it's incredible I just I just think that as an English people we see it as being a little bit cheesy probably because they've not had it's not like there's no history behind it which you know there's not going to be as if for something that's that's fairly new or like the modern MLS is, is obviously new so it looks it looks a bit fake it looks a bit put on um I, I just know if obviously regarding you know what what Neagle does at town I, I hope he doesn't make it cheesy because it can quite easily come across like that sometimes if Americans cut it um but you know from everyone I've spoken to I think everybody's kind of looking forward to this new era and you know Americans come in and they have different ideas, don't they? The, the commercial side of it will will obviously change. Uh, hopefully, they'll get some sort of fans on down there. And I just I just hope that they get you know fan groups involved. HGSA, you know, Calcutt Loyal, the ATT, and I hope that they they don't just run off and, and do things without you know kind of feeling the feeling the room, shall we say? Um, because it could quite easily fall flat on its face if if they do that. Um, but no, I think I think the fans will respond to it well. I think it's time for a fresh start. I think obviously Dean Oil's come in and. You know, he's done what he's done, and now now it's time for him to bow out, and and you know we start a new chapter. Um, obviously, with the feel good factor around the the club at the moment, I think it is the perfect time for it to happen. And we'll just have to, you know, a bit like everything else for next season, we'll just have to kind of see what happens and and, and go with it. Really, it was good uh, to hear Dean Hall's name being sung today, Paul. I don't know if you were singing it, but there was a big noise. The calcium, but it was funny today when they were like USA. I thought Kevin's on pitch. I'm like, come on, <laughs> I think it was the way it was, wasn't it? wrong. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed. I never, I, I mean, I would understand that I, I, we, we, were, we were just chatting and I never really heard anything with Dean. And, and I was hoping they were going to be a little bit more fuss made about Dean. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with that. And I thought they might have introduced the, the new owner to. To, to the crowd, I mean, you guys probably have a little bit more information regarding all that kind of stuff. But I, I thought there was a bit of an opportunity there to kind of, you know, for everyone to give thanks to Dean and and then to um, to welcome the new guy in. But obviously, it didn't happen. No, it's not gone through yet, has it? So I think they're a little just being a bit extra careful. I would mm. imagine. Um, just in case you look at you look at this, wouldn't you? If you you look daft though, wouldn't you? If you paraded him and then it fell through, wouldn't you? Michael Knight and mate, remember Michael Knight and Matt? I just yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a whopper he was. Ex Carlisle as well. So up the uh, Carlisle, come on. Up the uh, border raid. What are they called, Carlisle? What's their nickname? Paul? Foxes, I think, aren't they? Foxes. Foxes. They've got a fox on the badge, haven't they? What a fox it is. 
Up the blood, I'm at Carlisle. I always remember it. Eddie, 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 Eddie Stobars, yeah. <laughs> up the truckers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I just going back to your point there, because quickly, I agree with it. Um, I think town fans do respond to a personality. Jacko, Wagner, Warnock, Buxton, they always respond well to um, a front man, if you like, don't they? They don't respond well to an Andy Ritchie or Carlos or Wagner. Fothering them, you know, they, they respond to big personalities, don't they? And big sort of work, sort of working class personality. I, I think I don't know if that's the right thing, but sort of people that aren't, you know, people that are a bit sort, you know, down to earth. I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with the sporting director thing, though, a little bit in that you know he's the one who sets the uh, template, isn't it, for the club? And we just need to get that sorted and know what direction we're going in and but, go uh, steam uh, ahead. A little bit then. Does that mean Bromby's on on, on the exit? I don't know. This is the thing. Is uh, we don't know, do we? It it feels like it. Cause, you know, he's been pushed right back to the background. You don't hear from him anymore. And you know, Dave Bolden seems to have taken a lot of the work off him. I don't know whether that we don't know whether the communication. I, I don't expect them to come out and say what's happening or you know speculation with somebody's job because it's not fair, is it? But everything just points to a change, doesn't it? That's all. Um, whether that's for the better or for the worse, I don't know. Um, but it just seems to be. The case it just seems to be the natural conclusion doesn't it the way things are going otherwise i think you would have maybe heard from him but who knows maybe nagel likes the cut of his jib and lee gets to do all those things and we move on but who knows maybe because he's got it maybe they've offered it because already that's another story pause what were you offering the role who are you bringing in now who are you bringing in Pep Coziola. to manage i couldn't, I couldn't even <laughs> tell you You've got the role. Yeah. The so trouble is, like, I think obviously we've had two managers this year who've never managed like a, a team, and it's his fingers burned. And I, I, I really don't know experience of it. I mean, like ever the only to ever and uh, Duff are being linked, but league I can kind of get the young up and coming hungry manager coming up, and uh, it's interesting because like Eddie Howard at Burnley didn't do nothing, but obviously doing a great job at, at Newcastle. He just you don't know where these young and hungry managers and stuff, but I, do you, I just wonder as well with Kevin Nagel, it's like if it was still the same ownership part of me, I'd think it's just going to be experience coming in, you know, experience. But now, obviously, that's the thing, like Matt says, it's, it's kind of exciting, but a bit weird, really. It's just, I honestly have absolutely no idea. And uh, it's it's mad. Adrian Ethel mentioned a bit. Do you remember him, Phil? I thought Adrian he was. Adrian Ethel, didn't Yeah. I don't know. He must be, he's managing in America, isn't he? But, Oh, Rooney. Oh. I don't think he'd be that bad, actually. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he'd be terrible. I don't think he'd be. I think he'd be all right. Birmingham um, have just been taken over, aren't they, by American owners? Well, the Wag- Wagner. I thought they were them. Tom Wagner, to- yeah. Well, that's what I mean about next season because yeah. they they look like they were going to be a mess, and now they're been yeah. taken over by someone worth four billion. So I presume their their woes are uh, behind them. But yeah, who's who's next on the thing? Did someone? Pause the thing, isn't it? I don't think it's Pause's Pause turn. Pause yeah, going to talk about. Josh Caroma, what do you mean? Yeah, I think obviously we're, we're running on a little bit now, so it might be a, a quick yes or no from you boys on this one. But just thinking about Josh Caroma and his recent, you know, resurgence in form. Um, played 19 this season, uh, scored four, one assist. Um, obviously, since Warnock came back, I think he scored scored three and got one assist. Obviously, he seems a totally different player since since Warnock came back. He's obviously re, you know rejuvenalised him and. Uh, if if you could get that kind of performance out of Caroma for 
you know, 70, 75% of the season, obviously it'd be a, it's a no brainer. Um, my question to you guys is, is it just a bit of a Simon Baldry syndrome? I always remember Simon Baldry last, you know, a bit of his contract turning to, you know, Ronaldinho down in the old Leeds road and seemed to, oh yeah, go on, we'll give him a chance. We'll give him a chance. Yeah. Would you take a punt on Karoma for another two? You know, you've probably got to give him a two year deal. Or do you think it's, you know, there's better out there for, uh, <laughs> for the money? Matt, I know what you'll say. Um, it kind of depends on the manager, doesn't it? Because he's, 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 he's had. This is just going to be another. Danny, we don't know, it? It's tough, isn't it? Because he's had. He's had. He's had Danny Cowley and not really done it. He was hit and miss under Carlos. Didn't do it under Bothers or Danny Schofield. It just. It just seems to be one of those characters that you need to work out, doesn't it? If if we have a good man manager and stuff, then yeah, I'd, I'd keep him. I am wary that he could be absolutely. You know, if you give him a three year deal, he could be crap for two and a half years of it. I'm I'm, I'm aware of that. I think at his age, at 24, and what he can do, I just got this feeling that if you don't, although he might not want to stay here, that's another thing, that's another possibility, isn't it? But if you don't try and keep him, I've just got this feeling that he's going to go somewhere else and do really well. Mm. So I think I would, I think I would, um, but I'm very aware that it could be useless if we do it, depending on the manager, but it could be great as well. I I, I quite like him up front. I thought against Sheffield United up front, it was, it was mm. phenomenal and it, Coming in from that left striker position, he's he's really good. I like him. I've always liked Josh Karoma, but like you say, you need the right manager to get the best out of him. And if he's like you say, that seventy five percent of the time he's not at Huddersfield Town, is he? He's he's yeah. on. He's off. He's off somewhere better. So if you could even get it half the time, then great. But it's it's really it's a risk. Probably worth taking. I think. I think. I think. He's done. I think a free flowing Josh Karoma who's playing with no fear and full of confidence. It's a no-brainer that you keep him. Um, there's a few things he needs to iron out. He always seems to cut inside. I like to see him trying to tap the side, the, the byline a little bit more as well, just to you know get the fullback thinking a little bit more. But I think he's he's a young kid. He's like I said, 24 years old. He's shown that he's going to be up and down. He's he's had good performances for us. He's 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 then been poor. He's gone out on loan. He's come back. He's not been great, but then he's improved again. So it, unfortunately, I think that those type of players are going to be frustrating at times. And and I think it is the kind of person who He's a manager that can come in and kind of get him on their level and 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 get around the shoulders. You know, did you see him today with Warnock when he came off the pitch? You know, you never see yeah, him like that. You can see there he, he's probably one of those players who wants to be loved and wants to be reassured. And I think there's a player in there. You can't you can't argue there's not a player in there. There is there's a player in there. Um, I'd, I'd I'd definitely I'd definitely keep Baldwin. I think it's a no-brainer. I'd be amazed. Yeah, I'd be amazed if he stopped. I think I just think he's. I'll, if he had a year left or two left, I think yeah, I think it's different. But obviously, I'd, I think I'd like to him to stay. But he's just—I think the what he's done the last month or two. There's people going to you know get, get a nice free transfer there. And I think you know, obviously, we don't know what Nagel's kind of you know going to be doing with wages wise. But I just—I don't think he'd rock any salary uh, bandings to to keep him in. I, I, I felt it were his last uh, swan song today, and what a way to go and that as well. And uh, yeah, I could be totally wrong. He could have really, really get this time. He's an hard guy to work out, isn't he, mentally? Because, like, you look at the day and everyone's going nuts in front of the crowd, but he's kind of barely collapsed, didn't he, in that as well? And I think we've maybe read into his... Right. He seems like a chilled-out guy, though. I don't seem like one of them yeah. guys that's going to come and, you know, yeah. be dancing around like Nabitar did last year and Sober Thomas yeah. and stuff. He seems like a pretty... He has that, like, swagger, doesn't he? Oh, I've just put him in top corner, but this is yeah. what I do, kind of thing. 
that's what he is, like I say, he's had to work yeah. out. And he, sometimes that can come across as him not caring. And you know what town fans are like in situations like that, they get at people, don't they? So I think that's that was my little thing. We don't so, come across match winners a lot, though, do we, at town? So when you've got... when I were hoping someone were going to bring him a sober Thomas. We discussed this in the pub. I just think, I think the fans want entertaining back, but I, I would individually, but I think there'd be too many that would be on his back. You know, I'd love yeah, him to. I agree with that. Cause I, don't I think I'd be amazed if he's... And it's yeah. sad, really, but I just don't think the fans would give him a chance. I could be wrong. I think if Neil Warnock tells you to give him a chance, you give him a chance, but if yeah, you're yeah, yeah. him or someone does, you don't, do you? No. Um, yeah, it's a tough one with him, isn't it? Because it, there's reports that he's been a bit of a bit of a, a, a bit of a bell end at Blackburn recently. So you're trying to build something, yeah. When you're trying to build something, you don't really want that either, do you? But yeah. he came yeah. on today and, and they won the game, didn't they? But you know, how good Josh yeah. Ruffles been on the quite good going through all team now? But honestly, a guy who I just couldn't—he's he's never anyone who's going to like give you spectacular, you know, nines out of tens. But he's been really impressive for us in our great escape for me and he, he quiet i i don't know if i'd want to keep him honestly he uh it would have shame today that we won't i was thinking there's no chance for this guy but i really wanted to go on pitch and check his hand because he's been really good for us I, and we've really criticized him but he's been as good as anyone mate in the, in the resurgence yeah. 100 warnock's got straight into him seen him as his, his left back and got fired straight into him 100 because he's been so much better aren't he? yeah and, and like we have, we have, like on on the pod. I mean, I know I've not been on this much, but you know, I've I've been pretty negative about him, but I think he's been brilliant recently. Yeah, he's been solid, hasn't he? He's, yeah. he's done well. He's done really, yeah. really well. He's, he's taken position, in like initially one 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 v ones on the ball, just ten times better. Everything's just been a lot better for him. Yeah, I mean, do you keep him? I don't know, but you know, we, you've got Ben Jackson and Headley, haven't you? Sort of knocking on the door. There's quite a few there. I don't, I don't know, but one one said, didn't he? In that one. Of- this press conference was incredible, unless you're Duncan Foster, probably didn't enjoy it. But uh, he, uh, wasn't it fascinating? Again, you just don't know him, Warnock, but it's just kind of a bit of bluff. But he reckoned that we weren't that far away because Catherine Anna were, Catherine Anna were great. She were pushing him on some good questions and what, you know, what would you do? Would you bring it? And he, he were kind of think, he thought there were only two or three players from kind of getting, you know, whether they're just saying that so you don't want to upset anyone, whether he really believes it. But I found that fascinating, to be honest with you, and that as well. But the way he's got a tune out of him, maybe he, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it doesn't need a revolution. It just needs a bit of tinkering. It's still pretty much the nucleus of the squad that finished third, really, isn't it? There's a lot of players still there that did well last year. I think maybe they overachieved last year a little bit for their ability, and then maybe they've under a bit this year for most of it. But I think most of the squad's fine. Um, it just needs that stardust, doesn't it? It needs probably needs a new striker next year, like a good decent striker but those those cost money don't they it's, that's, that's the difficult conundrum that everybody tries to solve isn't it so Matt have we seen Lee Nichols in a township last time or what was your thought um no I think he'll be here next year I just don't think I know people always going about him being England's third choice but I, I don't see him I don't see him getting into a Premier League side I don't know I, would you would you see him getting into it? Maybe one at the bottom end, possibly. But would they pay the money for it? Would West Ham, someone like I, that, pay money? I don't think they would. Have. Really good relationship with his uh, with his keep, keeper coach. Yeah, I think he quite likes it here, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a good place to play. It's, I think it's probably his level where where he's at. He could probably push a little bit higher, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I can't see him moving on. If, yeah, if he moved, I, if he moved to the Premier League, he'd probably start as a number two and have to work his way yeah. in. And at thirty one, is he thirty thirty one? It's 
I'll tell you that that was one of the nice things today, Matt. I got the photo of it, but there were Vashlik, there were Clements, there were Miller, uh, and they were all like, I had a photo, and they were all, and you know what? It's it just again, it just sums up, I think, just where it's gone in the last month or two. Real keepers, big because it's keepers, mate. It's keepers. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Good lads, aren't they? Yeah, we stick together, don't we? Do you know what I mean? They've all, you'd have all played the part. They've all done all right, haven't they? It's what a strange yeah. season. We, we've been awful for seven months, but yeah, we're we're loving it. Like, oh, it's bizarre, man. <laughs> Who's next? Phil, are you next? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not so much in football, but like today, it was class to see so many people there, but it took me ages again to get some food and a drink. It's really frustrating. Oh, this is football, but like they need to like do something with these kiosks because it takes too long to get your food and drink. It's really bugging me. That's all I've got. I mean, that's all I've got. Yeah, <laughs> not, not great. Food, but it, it, it's I can't, I can't decide whether to go. In, I, I go in the fast lane because it's supposed to be an express lane, but it takes longer. I go in other lane, but it's a longer queue. So I don't know which one's going quicker. I just can't decide. Jack, we need bit. one of those machines that does the pints from the bottom up. That you Maybe can the new American, yeah. I had two pints today, and I got a two. I got one of those two pints, but I wanted two pints, <laughs> two separate ones. So. And then you can't so take it out to the up. pitch, can you? Phil, you're so yeah. right, and and it just feels like it's a 30 year old stadium next year, and I just think I just don't know what you can do because. I'm, I'm lucky I've kind of beat at so many different kind of grounds and stuff, but some of them are a great example. They're incredible. You went there, Ref Blues Whistle, and you had a pint around within a, a second and what have you. It's like, I just, what what can you do? We do need to do something. I just, the, the, the concourse area is horrible. And you go to these other grounds, it's like a big, obviously, Cardiff are unbelievable. I know it, these are all newer stadiums, but I just, the ground needs so much doing on it. But it's so right. The South Stand, if you're in like Kilner Bank, you're, you're like in luxury and, you know, Riverside compared to Southland's embarrassing, man. If it rains, you get wet. His queues are like zigzags. You don't have a clue what was queuing where. And yeah, 100%. I, I really hope that Kevin Nagel kind of can do something about the stadium and all that carry on. There's, there's so much that can be improved there. He's so. I really want to get get started on the North Stand as well. That North Stand's horrible, isn't it, really? Oh, the, the, red end, the Red End. <laughs> the Big Red The Little Red End, that one, isn't it? The, one, the lower tier one. Um, yeah, that's not that's a pause has done one, hasn't he? He's, he's just absolutely decided he's had enough and done one. Okay. Battery battery from the Chromebook, I think, is gone. But um yeah. Oops. What is that? Chromebook. I, I don't know why it's gone off, but it's the Viking War. Oh, sorry, I've, I've nudged my space bar. It's the uh, it's the Chroma conch, isn't it? The Viking Warhorn for him. But uh, I think that was it. The only last things really are I thought it was a bit a bit strange how the player of the season was announced. I'm pleased that it was Mikhail Helic. I think it's fully deserved. I don't think it could be anyone else or anyone remotely close. Um, for me, it would have been Helic, then Lees, um, then maybe Radoni in third. Um, perfect. I think it's the right one, but it just seemed to be a bit of an afterthought. At the end, was it Rambo kind of on the pitch going, oh, yeah, by the way, Mikhail Helic's player of the year. And it was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know whether they'll probably have a better um, presentation at the end of year awards, won't they, and stuff like that. But, you know, Big well done to Michal Helic, who's who's been outstanding, hasn't he, for he's, the season he's, really? He? He, he's like you know, he's started quite well, but I think the, there's been a few areas of his game that he's really improved. Um, and I've been pretty impressed with my mate, a bit big Barnsley fan. And he said you've got a real player there. And when he first came, he just looked a little bit stiff and a little bit awkward. Um, I think he's been brilliant. And I, like I say, I think that him and Lee's have, have, have forged a great partnership and. Uh, and 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 God, I'm, I don't want to even pr- pronounce his name. Vatslich. I thought he's been fantastic. 
he, you know, whether he's shaken off an injury because his knee looked really stiff, did he? But and there goes Phil. But yeah, no, I've just been a lot yeah. more. Oh, everyone's everyone's going out. They can't. They can't. It's just me and you. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting summer ahead, Matt. I think uh, for us as town fans, it's never dull, and yeah, I just can't wait to see uh, where it's all going to end. But it's, it's I think just... this is, yeah, a natural place to end the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> one by one, everyone's going, man. And this is like light stream all over again, isn't it? When we just had Chris Markham by himself after about eight people. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, let's yeah, let's fill again because he's got a really bad echo. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this week. So thanks to everyone that's gone. I've been absolutely riddled with cold. So if I've sounded bad to anyone, then I just I feel it. I feel terrible today. So um, we'll be, like I say, we 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 may do an end of season staying up party at Magic Rock. Um, if there's any interest for it, um, we're going to try and do a couple or revisit the um, the cult hero series this year with a couple couple of people hopefully lined up. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on us over the summer and and maybe we've. We'll have something good lined up, but I think that's it for now. What do you fancy on the way out, Cosy? Do you fancy uh, the standard um, standard podcast end, a bit of Smile a While, or do you fancy more of a, a USA pod version? I think USA, because King Kev's in town, isn't he? So let's make him feel at home. Uh, push it twice and there, some American music. That's a good, that could be a good question. I was going to put that on. Best fish and chips, but I, I don't get fish and chips in Huddersfield. So I've absolutely got no idea, but... Murgatroyd's for me, Cosy, by uh, Leeds-Bradford Airport. That's decent. Yeah, well, this feels lacking. They've got the Mother Hubbard's, uh, I think, by uh, just on towards Fartown. But no, Kevin, sort it out, mate. But get a fish shop. Or Nagel's <laughs> Bagel. Bagels. 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 Should be pizza in my village's class. <laughs> Phil's still there, in darkness. In <laughs> darkness, my old friend. <laughs> right. We'll catch you soon. We're staying up. And all the best. Catch you next time. Bits or scrap. Looking down the dirty old window Down below on Bradley Mills Road The cars rush around I'm parking me things And I'll leave the ground Thursday morning everyone's reading That it's time for a Huddersfield Ownership turnaround I no longer own Huddersfield Town Six against the end of this bastard season. Fucking hell. I've spent a fucking shitload. What's that in dollars, lads? Hey, you lot, hey up. Howdy. Yeehaw. Yo. Hey, uh, aluminum. Uh, Fossil. Junior high. Pee Wee Soccer. Diapers. Uh, spelling the word colour with no U in it. Jesse Mars. Actually, no. Fuck that. We're not having him. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. 
Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.